For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to Guild Mateys, your favorite podcast where almost all the characters are almost dead. I'm stressed. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, where you last left off. Why are you stressed? Enrique, we're doing fine. No, Enrique no, we're is not. shielding <laughs> Sinead uh, with his own body. Um, and both of them are one <laughs> wound away from uh, from death. Uh, Sinead would be helpless because she's a player Enrique character. Enrique is two Enrique away from would death. Be... He's got two left. But... Oh, he's got two away. You're right. My goodness. Yeah, but it's if he if he hits that last one though, he's dead. Unlike me, so right. So Enrique's like permadeath. Might uh, as well be the same. Q has done a really good job of hiding with with uh, their hide rolls. Um, just supposed to away from death, which would be really interesting. <laughs> I actually don't have a great contingency for that. Well, you um, you you do. You set up the the wine guy's son to be the prince. Yeah, I mean, it's a contingency. It's not a great contingency. It's something. Brennan, I, is you thing. can just lie. We wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you could always. All the best DMs <laughs> lie. And then Luigi Felici becomes a guy you've never I actually I mean, you can say to. it more poetically than that, but. <laughs> Arthur has tried legitimately so hard this battle to put himself in the way of danger, and you just have not. I mean, actually, that's I shouldn't talk. I've got half my health left, so I'm, you are more than half dead. By the way, I am mostly dead. Arthur's got eleven out of twenty. Uh, we are wounds. all struggling the same amount, approximately. Also, <laughs> <laughs> no, doesn't even have one dramatic wound. That's so true. We are <laughs> all in the exact same boat. <laughs> It is so difficult for all of us equally. <laughs> Collectively, Sinead, Enrique, Giuseppe, and Arthur. This- only need 13 wounds to kill all of them, which is more. Think about. Which is fewer than the amount that Q needs to die. 
Hello. Okay. Yeah. Think about the survivor's guilt Q's going to have after this, though. The emotional burden, the emotional wounds. We're all going to be hanging um, out on the island without you. <laughs> yeah, with our your, your bitch-ass girlfriend, yeah. <laughs> I can go to the island whenever I fucking want to. Okay. We definitely, we definitely reinstate uh, Arbal Prime. Into, was that the name we came up with for her? We have bitch Arbol and we have regular Arbol. Arbol Prime. Arbol Prime. Arbol Prime is better than the name we had. Um, yeah. So, uh, also, Regina is back up to full health. Um, she took over the bodies of one of the uh, of one of her fate witches, um, but it was the last one, so they are uh, they are all gone. Uh, Loriana is uh, is killed giuseppo uh finally offed her so it's just regina and giuseppo's son um who's going by the name giuseppo jr <laughs> no one <laughs> decided to ask him his name and in fact i think he was attacked immediately so yes uh, you know. as soon as arthur burst into the throne room he saw that there was another giuseppo that was like not the giuseppo that he knew and he immediately ran up and stabbed him with his sword <laughs> Clutching a bullet wound in his side, he did not even Fate think Giuseppe. twice. I'm pretty he's sure his name is Giuseppe Junior. Father, which, he is. <laughs> which is so he's an older Giuseppe. Yes, they son. hyperbolic time chambered him on an island. <laughs> whenever you guys, whenever you guys uh, write your epilogues, if any of you do die, I really want you to ask Lady Arvali. Hey, by the way, really. <laughs> I think that Arthur pretty consistently throughout his just regular ass life has asked Lady Arbold, really? Yeah, a couple of times. Have been like partners in crime against fucking Lady Arbold. (laughs) Fuck that bitch. We've been on the same page this whole fucking time. Um. All right, so let's get started. It, the one a, thing that unites for, for Arthur and Sinead is our um, disdain for Q's Q. love life. <laughs> so Q, Amelia is putting her fingertips together. <laughs> if Arbol very Prime, sheepish. If Arbol Prime kicks uh, Arbol 2's ass and Regina doesn't end up becoming the next one, then, you know, maybe you can be with that one. How about no? Or you could just date a normal person. Yeah, how about you date? <laughs> I already have a thing done with the other Q is beginning to think that maybe dating more than one god at once is not the best idea. So they might just like they might just stay with the one who they're contractually obligated to see twenty five percent of the time. <laughs> Isn't uh, it's part of your, isn't it written on your character sheet like you have to it's part of your character to fall in love with people you shouldn't? Yeah, I get hero points for it. Oh, yeah. oh, I could use a hero point actually, so I might do that. Anyway, um, you should give it to one of us. Just it's the beginning of a new session, so um, all, all I do is give y'all hero points. I was gonna ask Brennan, do we do it since it's the same battle? <laughs> really do we really some of the bacon is it still I, get the first mm-hmm. dice roll for yeah, the first dice? Yeah, yeah, all of Q's. Miss, like, miss, what's the word? All of Q's weird relationships. Do you know how many hero points I've gotten from that? Do you know how many times I've used that for y'all? Too many. Yeah, but if we balance out the amount of times that Arthur's been struck by lightning by your girlfriend, <laughs> I'm not sure that's your Oh story. my god, who hasn't been struck? I've been struck by lightning by my girlfriend. You don't see me complaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll just check that in the positive category for your relationship, I guess. But did you die? <laughs> 
I, I mean, I like think, it was not like it was close. <laughs> I like to think that uh, Una's, like, sketch of a skeleton she uses in her doctor's office is just what she's seen of Arthur's skeleton when he cartoonishly lights, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lights up every she gets few a days. Pretty good view. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we are in the uh, we are in the throne room of uh, the Palace of Laurentia. Um, the beautiful Venetian architecture has been stained by the blood of a couple hundred people. You know, um, actually a couple dozen. Most people died in the in the basement where Arthur had just left. Um, after eliminating the garrison before they can reinforce the, the witches. Um, in the middle of the floor stands Giuseppe, who just offed his, uh, his just offed Loriana, and also Regina. Uh, at the the back of the room has just is the uh, the recently entered Giuseppe Jr., who's been stabbed by Arthur, who was next to uh, who's right next to him, and pretty close to. to uh, to those two are Enrique and Sinead, um, between, about well, between, uh, Regina and, uh, and Giuseppe Jr. Enrique is holding up Sinead as she is bleeding out, uh, one wound more than Enrique, and Enrique is shielding Sinead with his own body. Q is in the corner, um, hiding behind a column, um, and f- periodically firing their gun. <laughs> <laughs> doing quite a bit of damage. Um, and uh, I believe that is I believe that is everybody. Okay. Um, I am going to just talk to Enrique. Um, Enrique, we have to move. We have to get out of the line of fire. With all due respect, Captain, I, I completely agree, but I, I don't think we have an unlimited amount of options. Where do you want to go? Um, is there like a, is a, like a wall or will I have to literally like take us out of the room? <laughs> like, what's the deal? I imagine, uh, I imagine it's back by like the door. You oh. are near the door. You'll have to leave the actual, the actual room. Um, there's, uh, you can try and make it for a column so you can get some cover and still be able to, to fire a gun or something, but it's going to be a lot further. Um, so Enrique says, <clears throat> he coughs up a little bit of blood. He's like, <clears throat> sorry, captain. Um, do you want us to make for the column or go to the door? We just need to get safe. I think we should leave the room. Hi, Captain. Um, so, do you... I'm gonna say your roles can add to add to his, on his turn, which is next, to help, um, to see if you guys can get out of there in time. So, that's gonna be resolve, um, plus... Uh, I'll say resolve plus maybe athletics to see if you can <laughs> take your broken body down. That would be preferred. Out. That would um, be preferred. Yeah, good thing Sinead's jacked. <laughs> yeah, and also I thought you were going to make me do hide, which I have done no. in and I've already used my first roll in, so that would be bad. Um, okay. It would have been uh, hide if you chose the column, I'll tell you. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, Run! Oh, I got to roll for Enrique. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> All right, so here's what it is. Uh, one, uh, so if you, you spend zero raises, um, Regina sees that you're both trying to run, and um, she brings up some haunted demon of your guys' past to zap you both out of existence. You can spend one to where the same thing happens, except it's just Enrique because he's shielding you. Spend two 
and you guys uh, don't make it out of the room, but Regina doesn't notice you. You can spend three raises collectively to get out of the room. Um, and she does notice you and uh, may try and stop you guys or fire on you next turn. You can spend four to get out of the room unnoticed. All right. Well, I got four, so... Oh. I'll drag him with me. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Let's see what Enrique gets. Okay. He got one. All right. So, um, yeah, so it's Sinead get... dragging Enrique out of this room, <laughs> yeah. I think. So Enrique's been, like, getting shot in the back this whole time trying to shield you. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. And Sinead drags Enrique um, uh, through the... Uh, across the across the room, through the door, and uh, Enrique says, "Hi, Captain. Glad you're safe." He pushes you through the door and slams it shut. Sinead, you hear the sound of a lock click. Enrique. Um, as Enrique does that, Arthur's gonna look back. Um. And I don't know that he totally just like put together like what happened, but I mean, he's just glad that Sinead's gone, but he's going to shout at Enrique. Um, <clears throat> I could use my gun back, Enrique, anytime. <laughs> so as he's he's locking the door with his left hand, <laughs> getting Sinead out, he takes his right hand, he tosses you your gun back. <laughs> Sinead is pounding on the door. Um, all right, you get up. Are you saying anything? Um, I think she's just yelling. I'm not gonna yell into the <laughs> microphone, but yeah. Enrique's like, I'm sorry, Captain. If we both survive, you can punch me later. You're insane. All right. It's Arthur's turn. Uh, okay. Um, Arthur is going to, uh, try to, uh, reload his gun. All right. So, so let me check your reloads. I need seven raises all together. Wait, yeah, seven raises yes. together. Um, so the roll for that is, if I remember right, what is the roll for that actually? So if you were doing a, um, if you're doing like another action, uh, you can roll whatever that action is, and then use any left you have, to, and you get, have to spend like at least one to do what that action is. So if you want to like hide and do something else. Um, if you're just trying to reload, then you have to use all of them for reload, but, um, you know, that's at least one more raise. Um, and you don't invite a risk, too, of course. So, uh, that's weaponry plus, uh, finesse. Or resolve. Whichever one is higher, I'd say. Okay, um, and Giuseppo isn't, like, in the midst of a, a battle right now, right? He's, he just defeated Loriana. He hasn't, like, swollen anybody yes. yet. Okay, and I was just fighting... Giuseppo Jr. Um, so, okay. So I think I want to, in order to get some distance between me and Giuseppo Jr., I think Arthur's going to just try to kick him in the chest mm -hmm. um, as hard as he can. <laughs> and then he'll try to reload the gun if he gets any, <laughs> like, good distance, um, like, between him. Got it. So okay. he, he, like, just, like, slashed at him and now, like, and got some, like, a, drew some blood and now he's going to try to front kick his ass. So, so that was confusing to say, but that is Brawn um, <laughs> plus is it Brawl? What's the name of the the melee? Yeah, you guys probably. Don't normally punch things, so <laughs> yeah, it's Brawl. Yeah, Brawl's All an right, option. So uh, Brawl plus uh, plus Brawn. Um, so uh, 
is zero and you just miss them and you fall forward and you're prone. A one and uh, you miss or you, you hit him. I'll, I'll say you hit him, but it doesn't do anything. A two and you hit him hard enough to knock him back. And uh, three, knock him back. He is prone. Anything more than that, you can load into your gun. Damn. Okay, I don't. I'm definitely not gonna have enough dice to load any into my gun for sure. Um, is, is it really just the same roll as whatever action you do? There's not like a separate act, like roll to try to just reload it. So you can. Well, the thing is, you can reload it, but you can't do anything else. Uh, okay. Is the thing. Because the way it works is, you can spend raises as you go. Like it, it, I don't. I couldn't find any rules on like how to how to reload the gun. It just says it takes this many raises to reload it. So you can just add up to the seven that you need to reload it. For everybody else, five, but for your <laughs> double barrel shotgun pistol. <laughs> Robin's repeater. Let's see, though. It does do a lot of damage, so... Oh, yeah, well, hey, we got two tents, so that'll certainly help. So maybe all hope is not lost. That's a pretty blessed roll. You will accomplish your goal by spending only two, two raises, and you can re redo it. It's just an extra bonus to knock him on his ass. If you want to choose three. Okay, so I, how many do I did I need for a successful kick? Two, but he'll okay. still be standing. He'll just kind of be like knocked back, and you'll get some distance. Okay, I'll I'll spend two to knock him back, and then I got two more, so I'm going to use those to reload my gun. All right, so you got two of the seven raises to reload. Click those check marks on our Google sheet, and uh, you put some distance between you and Giuseppe. Um, and then Junior. while while <laughs> while he does that, he says, "You'll do the kick, like oh." Giuseppo, why are there two of you again? I don't know, but can we please avoid the killing him? He is my son. What? He's your he's 20 like 5. He looks way older than you. Yeah, but I mean, look, he's such a beautiful boy. They grow up so fast. This is not natural, Giuseppo. Help me kill it. <laughs> he says I don't disagree, but you cannot fault me for having a little bit of a heart for my own flesh and blood. Even if he is half a... Would you stop? <laughs> Nobody can see you, so Dan is flipping off the camera, except Sinead's behind the door. Giuseppe <laughs> was like, I get the feeling that the captain is flipping me off, but I cannot tell because she's uh, in a different room. Um, if you're not going to use that sword to kill yourself... Oh, sorry, that came out wrong. If you're not going to use... <laughs> Ouch. If you're not going to use that sword to kill whatever that man is, then give it to me and I'll do it. He says, um, I'll tell you what, uh, I've been wanting to get rid of this witch for quite some time. Uh, we'll first do the finish, huh? Um, fine then, and Arthur's going to keep trying to reload his gun. All right, um, it is Q's turn. I'm going to hide. All right, you're already behind the column, so you do not have to move, just... That's just finesse plus hide. Do I? We don't. We don't reset the ones that we rolled from last time, right? Um, no. Same session. Um, Ooh. So here's how this works: is uh, let's see, what's the name of you? Okay. So are you gonna spend any races to reload Hanway? I'm trying to manifest some rules. Give me a sec. <laughs> how many? What races do I need to do stuff? So uh, you get a zero, and Regina like senses that you're trying to hide from her and it kind of insults her intelligence so she uh, just fires at you automatically out of con out of initiative a one and uh, you don't hide at all but you don't get shot 
um, two, and you hide successfully, so um, you cannot be like, you can only be hit by AOE. You won't be um, targeted for an attack. A three, and you hide completely, and uh, you hide behind the column, and it blocks you from from any damage. And Arthur's gonna give uh, Q a hero point to help with this roll. Because uh, I think just his and uh, Giuseppe's conversation was distracting as fuck, because we we're talking about killing him, and <laughs> we we're pretty loud about it, so. Um, That's fair. <laughs> take this aid, giving Q an opportunity. Regina's like, like stopped for a second in, in her head. She's like, are they really having a little conversation? <laughs> Okay, Did he just so, a kick of my boy? <laughs> thanks to Rob's help and some exploding tens, that is five raises. All right, so um, you got you can bank two. You so I'm guessing you use all three. Yeah, I'm gonna so use you hide all behind, three, <clears throat> and, and you can use the remaining two to bank or to put into Henway. I'm going to put two into Henway and then use a banked raise so Henway is fully loaded. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Guns, uh, sh- guns shooting again next turn. Um, it is Giuseppo's turn. Um, Giuseppo, like, looks around and uh, he doesn't say anything to blow your cover, but he's like, where the hell did Q go? Um, let's see here. Okay. Then he, so he takes his, uh, his rapier and uh, it's stained with uh, the blood of his of his former lover. <laughs> so he's he's going through some bad times at the moment. Oh and, my god! Um, he's had so long to get over her. It's been like what, like two months? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like breakup to getting over two months is fine. Breakup to to homicide that's that's depends on the breakout. Oh boy! Um, it's that real working man's vibe when you like go murder like thirty people and your employer is like, oh man, I just killed one man or one woman. And it's like, <laughs> <sighs> you know, just those porcelain, uncalloused hands. You know, it's just <laughs> they don't know uh, the, this plight of the working man. The <laughs> uh, uh says, "Go back to Ella, where you will come from." And uh, tries to run her through. She summons uh, again the tentacles of the baby kraken to try and block, and we'll see how well she does. <clears throat> um. Okay, Brennan. Yeah. I need you to believe me here. <laughs> I'm what? looking at my character sheet. Yep. I have a Giuseppe raise. <laughs> I'd like to give Giuseppe. His Giuseppo rays on this. <laughs> okay, I, <laughs> I forward. <laughs> I would love to know what that was for. <laughs> yeah, me too. I don't ca- listen. I just write this stuff on my character sheets. I don't know what it's from. Oh, I'm not positive. I'm pretty sure it's for just being nice to him. That <laughs> sounds right. That sounds One, familiar. Two, three, four. Kindness is rewarded in the form of in-game mechanics, folks. Right, just remember gets- that. He gets a fifth raise if he rolls. Shoot, putting these in Paris. <laughs> One, two, three, four, six. Okay, if he rolls a four or higher, and then he'll get a. He already gets a fifth raise, I guess, with Q. So he'll get a sixth raise. <clears throat> oh, we got a one. Okay, well, either way, <laughs> close. Um, so that's five raises. Um, in a game where everybody has twenty HP, that's still pretty good. Uh, he spends all five raises to <laughs> go right through. Um, 
uh, go to stab Regina. I'm going to say that um, she spends two of her raises to block, so she'll take two, uh, three damage. She's at 17 out of 20 minor wounds. Uh, no dramatic wounds yet. Um, okay. So it is Regina's turn. And Regina, uh, noticing that part of the plan is going to be gone if they no longer have the supported heir to the throne, Giuseppe Jr., if Arthur keeps kicking him. <laughs> um, Regina is going to uh, take some of those uh, old, take some of those Kraken tentacles and thrust them at Arthur uh, to try and just, you know, just jab him. Alright, uh, Arthur, since you are trying to get rid of, like, about one half of the of Regina's evil plan, and that half being Giuseppe Jr. ruling <laughs> Bonacci, uh, and you're doing pretty well with the guy, because he's got 11 out of 20 minor wounds, uh, mm-hmm. Regina's going to target you next. Okay. So, she's going to thrust her Kraken tentacles from your past. <laughs> Word. Um, do I roll against that, or is it just... It's, uh, you can just, um, if you have any banked races, you can spend them to avoid. Okay, uh, so what's the estimate of damage looking like here? Um, I'm rolling 10 d10s, so that's probably like five raise, five wounds. Okay, roll low. Um, do I have to, if I have a reaction to this, do I have to announce it before you roll, or can I wait to see what the damage would be? Um, I think you can, I think you can do it till... I think you do it afterwards, actually, because it's how many, if it's how many, like, raises you decide to spend. Like, you, you wouldn't be like, I spend three raises to avoid, and I only get two, you know? Um, okay, so, well, so rolling, like, for you is, like, the act of actually, like, casting. The yes. Mask, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll just, I'll wait to see how well you do, and then I'll, Got I'll it. see. That's two, okay. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five six. Alright, that is seven raises of damage or seven minor wounds, which is enough to take you up to your third dramatic wound, and a little bit beyond. Uh, a little bit beyond my third dramatic wound. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Arthur's just gonna say fuck that and use his resist sorcery uh, <laughs> ability. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so when somebody uses sorcery to target me directly, the sorcerer still pays the cost, but the magic fails, so. Alright, so the um, tentacles thrust at you. What does this look like when the Grail defends you from Cthulhu? <laughs> um, so it. it Normally, what it looks like is just, like, a, a transparent shield, like, in a dome around him that just blocks off the magic. I think because now, like, Arthur's kind of at the end of his lifespan, and this is some pretty heavy magic, that, like, when the tentacle and the barrier make contact, that, like, red and green sparks, like, fly out, and you can kind of, like, see a bit more of, like, the defined edges of the dome, but it still just looks like a hard, like, impact of tentacle and, like, air. Um, everybody, uh, in the room is, like, taken aback a bit with the force of the shockwave. Sinead, uh, if you're still pounding at the door, you feel a small explosion, and you get knocked back a little bit, you have no idea what it was. (laughs) Arthur, do you say anything or yell anything? Um, 
<laughs> um, Arthur, I think, is still going to be trying to reload his gun. So he's just <laughs> holding his gun and just chuckling to himself, just like, finally, you started focusing on the actual threat in the room, I see. <laughs> so, Sinead, do you, do you, you hear a <laughs> and you get thrust back from the door and you Arthur say that. <laughs> God damn, can't you fuckers just be careful in there? <laughs> Alright, um, speaking of which, it is Giuseppe, oh, it's Giuseppe Jr.'s turn. Giuseppe Jr. is going to say, um, <clears throat> I don't think he's spoken yet, so this is going to be funny. Uh, he's going to say, <clears throat> we could be friends, you know. That does not seem likely. There is no reason why you have to do with this. I, I don't know what you know about the world, but I have like a dozen good reasons to do this. I was raised pretty much alone on an island, trained for combat. I don't know much about the world. Right, so I'll tell you what. Why don't you lay down your weapon in surrender? That way we don't have to kill you, because you clearly don't have a good concept of what you're fighting for right now. You're trying to help somebody become a god of death when they're not supposed to be, and that's inherently bad. So um, he's also just still trying to reload his double-barreled musket at this point. He's just, like, talking. The tentacle hits his thing. He's kind of playing his claws and out. Uh, anyway, right, you should really surrender now or else I'm going to have to shoot you twice in the face and you will not survive that. That is mathematically correct, yes. Um, I had to check his HP. <laughs> um, you would kill him, yes. Uh, he, he gets out his flintlock and he's hastily trying to reload it while he's having his conversation. And he says, that sounds like a good idea, but uh, you lay down your uh, arms first. No, see, that's the thing. It's like, I know much more about the world than you, and I am absolutely 100% dedicated to this cause. There's nothing... I have come this far. I have murdered <laughs> dozens of people today. You're hardly a child. You've basically experienced nothing in the world but an island that is literally apart from reality. So what I'm saying to you is that I will 100% kill you, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. And so if you're okay with being killed, that's fine. But I'm trying to do you a favor here. I, I'm just saying that uh, maybe we can just... We can all just, like, talk this over, huh? I right, only yeah, to get put, rid down, of the... put down your gun and we'll talk about it after I'm done killing these other <laughs> So you guys are racing to reload the flintlocks. Um, so it he uh, finally uh, finishes reloading it. That's funny. Or he gets four. <laughs> he's, he okay, he so... like points it up and then he's like, oh shoot, I forgot. <laughs> I got one more raise. He like kings it back and he like loads the powder in or something. Um, okay. It's Janaid's turn. Um, I think pounding on the door is getting me nowhere, so I'm gonna take this chance to reload my gun. You got it. Um, so that's... There's no uh, one in the room with me, right? I'm out here by myself. No, you're in an empty hallway. Yeah, the, okay, <laughs> that's, that's finesse. I'm gonna say it's, uh... Well, it's finesse or resolve, whichever one's higher. Um, since you are wounded, I'm gonna say resolve does work. Uh, plus weaponry, of course. Um, have at it. My resolve is higher, so I'll use that. And uh, since this is a, just a, a just you reloading, you can use all of the raises that you roll on reloading. And Witch Killer already has one raise in it, <laughs> so you only need four to reload yeah, the gun. Yeah, um, Ooh, I might get there actually. Boop. Boop. One, two, three, four. Ah, fuck! Ah! Dice down, dice down. Yeah, that's a uh, four, four. 
All right, Jesus. you reload Witch Killer completely. It is Which now primed and ready. Which makes sense because I have zero other distractions right now. So. <laughs> yeah, everyone, Arthur Just over here. Just dying. <laughs> uh, you you are still one minor wounds. If somebody nicks you with like <laughs> like a butter I knife, I still got the adrenaline running. I've got like I'm That's I'm true. still in battle mode. Literally one uh, HP in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> um. Enrique, uh, it's Enrique's turn. Uh, Enrique takes out his sword and he charges towards, um, charges towards Gina. So let's roll. And he, he just takes and he tries to slash. He and Giuseppo are now uh, like shoulder to shoulder, taking her on. Uh, he uh, gets uh, two raises. Um, didn't do too well because he's nearly dead. So he's like he's like limping over after shoving Sinead in the hallway to protect her and then uh, stabs Regina uh, for two. Uh, however, that takes her down to her first dramatic wound, which means um, she is one quarter dead, but also she gets an extra roll. Um, and since she is a uh, like a big boss NPC, uh, once she gets to the second dramatic wound, all of you guys will get an extra raise against her. So don't forget that. Um, okay. It is Arthur's turn. Okay, so actually change of plan. So Giuseppo Jr. just, like, extended his pistol out in front of me, like, extended his arm without his sword and was not able to fire on And he's, yeah. like, really close to me, right? Pretty, well, I mean, not as, yeah, I mean, yes, he's pretty close. He's not super okay. close because you did knock him back a few feet. <laughs> you um, Spartan kicked him. <laughs> right, like, right, that's, like, a few feet. Um, see, would you say he's like within five feet of me? Uh, did you run away at all? No, I Arthur just kicked him and started reloading his gun, and then I'm saying the tentacle... five feet away. He was two feet away, and you kicked him three feet back. <laughs> you stabbed so him I... and kicked him three feet away. So I'd be able to like hit him with my sword, right? Yeah, if you want to whack him. Um, yeah, so I actually want to try to make this an aim roll if possible. Arthur just wants to try, like, since he extended his hand with his gun outside, like, out in front of him, Arthur just wants to cut off his hand for being a dumbass. Um, um you can do it. I will not let it be an aim roll to hit with a melee weapon sword, and you're out of throwing knives, too. Yeah. Hey, does, um, yeah. Arthur want three extra dice to roll? Yeah, yeah, definitely, he definitely wants yeah. that. Oh, I can't do that. I can, I can give him four extra dice because of the camaraderie that we've built together. Power <laughs> move. Wait, wait, why can you give me four extra dice? Because it's, I took the camaraderie thing. Oh, sick. Yeah. Okay, six. Yeah, because we've all become it. such great friends. Well, I guess Q's better at being a friend than you guys because I give you more dice, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> did, competition. did scar myself for life to save you in an ocean. Oh. And then Q is better with their emotions, though. So <laughs> Arthur is just more of like uh, he's not really like a, a he doesn't express his love. His love language isn't words. It's more like deeds. Yeah. Acts like of service for sure. Yeah. Um, Q's love language is giving gifts of more dice to roll. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so four four extra from Q. What do I no normally roll? This uh, is I think so at least eight normally. So <laughs> <laughs> so this would be uh, finesse plus um, weaponry, I'd say. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, finesse plus weaponry. And as usual, each raise you decide to spend is a minor wound. Um, you can spend as many as you want or bank as many as you want. All right, Arthur got uh, four raises there. All right. 
You spend them all? So, how many do I need to, like, really fuck up his hand? Like, how, how many do I need to cut his hand off? So, because he's got 11 out of 20, for, ironically, four minor wounds is just enough to cause him his uh, last dramatic wound before death. So, if you spend them all, I'm going to say that could be the dramatic wound. Is <laughs> uh, arm removal. <laughs> or hand removal. But yeah, you'll have... Yeah. Okay. You'll have no to, um, none to, like, counter an attack, though. If, if I used three of them on his, like, dominant hand so that it hurt him enough to get him, like, within one HP, could I just, like, take him out of the fight? Um, Does Arthur get the sense that Giuseppo Jr. would surrender if I fucked him up enough? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm going to say okay. it takes at least four raises to do it. Okay, so Arthur is just gonna try. To, is gonna is gonna cut off his hand. Spend the full raises to cut off his hand. Got it. And just hope that it doesn't fully kill him. Mm. Like he's not gonna like stab him while he's down and like finish the job or anything. He's right. just gonna use all four to like slices slices wrist, I guess. All right. Um, you cut off Giuseppe Junior's hand. He's like ah, and he falls backward. Um, and he grabs his uh grabs the gun with his non-dominant hand points it at you and then he notices you didn't go and stab him while he's on the ground and he he nods and shrieking in pain and he he puts the gun down and um yeah also how he's gonna finish reloading it with one fucking hand (laughs) it's true i guess it'd Um, just be double the raise he'd have to spend two (laughs) for for everyone um and then arthur like walks blithely past him after he does that and just says, I wasn't fucking around, kid, and then just keeps, like, walking towards, um, Regina. Uh, I was gonna say, so, I, <laughs> you are, like, older than him by, like, ten years. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, 32. Uh, um, you are twice Sinead's age. <laughs> uh, okay, so, it is Q's turn. I would like to shoot my gun. All right, shoot your gun. <laughs> um, so that is uh, finesse plus aim, and um, each uh, you have to spend one to hit, which does a minor wound in addition to one dramatic wound. You can ricochet it via your gun's special ability and divide uh, the minor wounds onto somebody else, which is just Giuseppe Jr., um, or you can spend them all on the same person. Each raise that you spend, in addition to the one you need to hit, is going to be an additional minor wound on top of the dramatic wound you're going to deal. I assume no one can help me. Uh. No. Shoot? Cool. But not while hidden. Oh, I, I meant like, I meant give me the dice, but uh. I, yeah. let's see, do I have another banked raise? Uh, or a banked hero point? I do have another hero point. Um, Do you need it? If you need it, uh, I won't take it. But it's better. U- it's better used on somebody else anyway. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I guess same thing. I just cut off Regina's son's hand. <laughs> no, that's Loriana's son, but her her backup plan's hand, I guess. <laughs> um, and I'm now walking menacingly toward her. That we'll call that enough of a distraction to help out help out you, right? Okay, that yeah. is helpful. So that's three raises plus I have one banked raise. So I will spend that now. All of four and of them? All four of them to hit Regina. All right, so that's one dramatic wound base damage, which is five minor wounds, and then four 
<laughs> and then four uh, minor wounds. So it's a total of nine minor wounds. She has six left. She takes her second dramatic wound. Um, all of you guys get an extra raise against her. Uh, Thank now. God. And that is the end of my banked raises. All right. Um, it is. Uh, it is Giuseppo's turn. Let's see here. Giuseppo is uh, noticing. Uh, uh, his son's hand get cut off but you didn't stab him and he says thank you Arthur. I will reward you with my kingdom for your mercy oh that's what ended huh <laughs> he says I'm not going to lie uh, the, being a lightning wrong for the lady Morrigan was pretty impressive too yeah I also did uh, bring you back to life it would be kind of a shame if I killed another facsimile of you even if it is a lesser copy <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, you, you can see the dimple in his chin he earned when he became Chad Seppo from uh, <laughs> from being separated. Um, he gets two raises, so he's gonna take. Uh, he takes the reappearance, uh, slices it into uh, Regina's robe, um, doing uh, two minor wounds. She's got four left. It is Sinead's turn. Alrighty, so I got a trick up my sleeve. Um, so whenever we leveled up, like halfway through the the campaign, I picked up an ability, an advantage point called "Got It," which is mm-hmm. uh, I can spend a hero point to immediately pick a lock, crack a safe, or disarm a trap. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I will be spending a hero point to pick a lock. All right, the don't With you, my arms you gone just, in hand. If you're mostly dead and you pick a lock. Act free action, no raises spent. It's broken. I love it. Love it. Good job, John Wick. <laughs> um, and then I would like to shoot my gun at the nearest enemy <laughs> whenever, uh, that I, would whenever be... I get inside. <laughs> so when you open a door, so since uh, Giuseppo Jr. is in the back of the room and just got kicked five feet back and then fell back, he is his back is against the wall, so it's got to be Regina. Um. Okay. So roll to hit, weapon weaponry plus aim. Um, you have one, so she only has four minor wounds yet, so no matter what you roll, if you get at least one raise, you spend it, and it's a hit. Uh, wait, dramatic wait, wait. wound. Um, so, so you said weaponry plus aim. That's Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> aim plus finesse. <laughs> Got it. Or resolve, because you are mostly dead. Yes, so I'll, I'll count this as resolve. Um, Enrique turns around as you, you burst through the door and sees the lockpick in your hand and he looks at you and kind of like, like, <laughs> gives you like the stank eye. I, uh, I just kind of smirk back at him because I'm not going <laughs> to yell across the room at him right now. Um, okay, okay, okay. We doing some stuff out here. We are doing <laughs> some stuff out here. One, two, three, four. Are we doing some stuff out here? <laughs> Five. Yeah, I, I got, think we're doing some stuff out here. I heard hey, that there was stuff you, going on out here. Is that you, what we're do doing? Do you sense any stuff doing that's stuff. being done? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we're doing. I, I think like, the stuff that's happening is that Sinead got five raises to shoot. Ooh, nice. kill him, Ooh. literally. So you, the thing is, you, <laughs> that's enough. So that's enough to kill, t- 
to get Lord Chief you without, extra rays? without the that's you only needed four minor wounds of damage, so that is that does nine damage on four HP. <laughs> Guns are broken in seven C. That is stupid. Um, let me Listen, uh, give you a hint. Fucking kill her again. <laughs> in real life, I think, I think in real life, if you shoot someone three times, they <laughs> yes. probably yeah. die. They'll probably true. die. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, you you burst the you raise the flintlock, and uh, Regina says, "This is a ridiculous. The, what? Why? What? What motivated you for all of this? Uh, yeah, here, Montaigne is some sort of socialist or republic. They've got the prime minister, and she's tearing apart the plan and." That you, you're killing Plan B, and then you killed Loriana, and that we had infinite power, and that why, why? And you, Captain, a child. My sense is right. It's the eve of your 17th birthday. Why, why not go home? These people are my home, and I shoot her. Uh, you fire the bullet, it hits her in the head, and you kill Regina. The rain ceases to fall from inside the room. It washes down and flows uh, through washing the blood out of the throne room. You can hear a crumbling around you as the pieces of the building begin falling down. A shockwave emanates out of uh, Regina's body, and um, all at once you hear screams and sounds of uh, of all the souls of fate that uh, Regina had messed with. Um, the roof begins to cave in, few pieces fall out, and you can see sunshine peering into the room. Um, and Giuseppo still <laughs> two minor wounds away from death <laughs> uh, kneels down uh, and begins to cry tears of relief um, Enrique uh, looks over at you and says nice shot captain I think she just falls down again <laughs> she's, still, <laughs> she's still dying I don't think she has like, I think she got the line out and then, but like the cool the good line out and then <laughs> down back on the floor. Okay, so uh, Sinead falls down. Q, Arthur, you guys do anything? So I have a question. Uh, yeah? So, um, Regina was, like, messing with, like, the fabric of reality in a way, trying to ascend a godhood, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, she was, like, tearing a hole in, like, the fabric of reality, right? That That is the plot, yes. Yeah, so that would be like a pleasure, right? Because she was trying to use more magic than she was supposed to in order to gain power, throwing off the natural order of things. Yes. And I did help close it, yeah? Because we killed her? Yes. Okay, so I do get a hero point is what you're telling me. (laughs) 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 Um, The game's already over, but yes, you get a hero point. (laughs) While we're on the subject, would you say that Arthur upheld a knightly virtue and he chose not to kill (laughs) Giuseppe Jr.? There's no more 
gameplay left, but yes. Yeah, we're gonna need the, the hero the points for time, the epilogue. Would you say that I uh, resorted to the edge of my blade to defend a noble ideal? And in, in this a, in this scenario, the, the the blade being metaphorical and that it's a yeah, gun and not a blade. <laughs> Naturally, I have dying teenage pirate in my arms right now, and we need every hero point we can to get her to the other side. Brandon, we All still right. have to kill Lady Arbo bitch Wait, Arbol. Wait, did, did Arthur go catch Sinead? Um, Arthur does sprint over to Sinead, and, uh, I mean, I don't think he's close enough to, like, catch her, but it, like, runs to her aid immediately and starts trying to do whatever he can to, like, keep her from dying. Um, um you, you each get a hero point, and then since you defeated the big boss, you each get another one. Hell yeah. I can't believe I'm ending the boss fight with three hero points and no major wounds. I did fucking nothing. I shot Regina so many times. The only thing I didn't do was take damage. And can you blame me? Can you blame me? Um. But did you die? <laughs> Almost. It's true. No. But um, but did you? Um, Brandon, can I run something by you real quick? Yeah. Um, one of Arthur's fey powers is called uh, Pain is Temporary. Mm -hmm. um, what it does is that I can activate this glamour to instantly heal myself of five wounds for every rank. Um, I only have one rank in it, although I guess like this is the end of our journey. We can rule whatever you want. Basically, I want to burn any resource you'll allow me to burn to use that on Sinead as opposed to himself. Um, I'm gonna say you, uh, you can do it. You have to, um, let's see here. What do you, what's, what's a good resource here? Um, Arthur is a patchwork man. He's given up a lot of magical see, got, things. Um, He's made a lot of bargains. <laughs> you, you got your bandages on, you got all your, uh, you got your first aid kit that you equipped the men with <laughs> downstairs. So let's say sure. you can just do it. You can just, you just, can just rags and vodka. Um, um, okay. All right. So he, he'll use, he'll use that, that glamour. Um, and so you, hand you get healed of, uh, five minor ones. There you go. Hell yeah. Giuseppo says, <clears throat> thank you all so much. I, I don't know what to say. You can hear Lady Arbol, uh, the one you guys know <laughs> very well, and uh, echo her voice echoes throughout the throne room. Well done, you three. I'm impressed. Are we gonna kill her next? <laughs> uh, where's uh, Arbol Prime? She says... <clears throat> Oh, no, I'm asking you, it's a DM, do oh, we know? Oh, you don't know. <laughs> Gee, they're okay. still in the sky fighting. <laughs> yeah, uh, if I may. Um, well... Wait, so our, the Arbals are fighting, and also Arbal bitch is talking to us? She's a god. <laughs> the, girls are That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. the girls That's are fair. fighting. She's okay. a god, she's a god. I forgot. So, what I would like to do... Since I last saw uh, Arbol Prime throw herself in the ocean, and Lady Arbol is the ocean, seeing that everyone looks stable-ish for the moment, not an immediate threat of danger, and the only person who might do anything uh, is missing an arm currently, <laughs> I would like to run down to the ocean. All right. Um, 
So, Sinead and Arthur, you see Q, the only one of you who doesn't have any dramatic wounds, just sprint <laughs> since they're fine, and they leave the throne with you, I'll be back. you two and Seppo. <laughs> I have to finish something. Arthur is is going to finish reloading his gun while he has a moment, and he's just going to stay with Sinead, and if anybody tries to pull anything funny, they're just going to get shot twice. So. <laughs> Everyone's so injured that that gun has an instant kill right now for everybody involved. <laughs> I mean, crazy. like, Arthur will use it to beat somebody to death, too. He's kind <laughs> of been all over the place in terms of how he's killing people. Um... You, uh, Q... I imagine you... Enrique is with me, too. Enrique Enrique gets the vibe. He's just holding a gun <laughs> in his torn jacket, just looking around in case anything happens. Um, Q, you burst out. You can feel um, the, the rain from the storm still lightly uh, hitting you, raining on your head, kissing your cheeks. And the... Uh, you can hear some townspeople beginning to return after being exiled. Um... You can hear uh, some some joyous shouts as you run down through the town of Laurentia to the docks, and you're now at the ocean. The Lady Morgan is docked, um, or not the Lady Morgan, the the two ships you guys <laughs> took to storm the beach are, uh, are still there. Um, the ship with, uh, with, what's her name? Why did I Um... Richard Mobius's ship, it's, it looks like it's sunk like, in the distance. <laughs> um, and you're at the ocean again. We need to talk. Um, you hear? I'm a bit busy at the moment, um, trying to fight for my eternal power here. Yeah, I know the feeling. Free yourself up. So you hear some discussion, and she's uh, and then all of a sudden, the, like the the hurricane around you just stops, and she goes, "We agreed on a five minute truce." And a spout of water uh, comes up, and it's the shape of uh, Lady Arbol, and she looks at you. Lady Arbol, you have not been honest with me at any point since I have known you. You have lied, you have killed me, you have supported agents of my destruction, the destruction of my home, the destruction of my family. You cling to a power that was never yours to begin with, that you clearly do not know how to wield. You engender chaos in the name of fate, but truly, you are sowing the seeds of your own undoing. I do not know how this will turn out between you and Arbol. But I know what is right, and I know what I am worth. So even if you win here, and it means that I can never go into the sea again, I just wanted to let you know that we're really not good for each other, and... I deserve better. On her, the spout of water, some tears begin to roll down her cheeks. Um, you, you notice her looking incredibly upset. And she gives you a really sad, knowing look like she recognizes her wrongs. 
and she nods. The hurricane resumes for just a second, and then she cries out, and uh, the spout of water explodes. Out of it flows out uh, the woman you've known this whole time, except uh, her goddess, power's gone. And she begins coughing up water. She crawls uh, over to you and says, This has saddened me too much. I couldn't keep up the fight. Claudia. My real name is Claudia. I stand there. Take a deep breath. And I hold my hand out uh, as she's laying on the ground. She looks incredibly confused and she says, I have no more power anymore. Why not let me die? I'm better than that. She grabs your hand. And I help pull her up and make my way back into the city. Um, the townsfolk are um, the townsfolk are gathering uh, saying, you know, saying, well, who, who will lead us now? Um, that's the last time we have uh, we switch from mercantilism to unconstitutional monarchy. <laughs> Let's go back when it was just a, we just had a um, uh, let's go back to the old way of things and then you hear shouts Absolutely saying Absolutely not. Wait, is Q there now or not? If I'm not there, Yeah, Q's fine. there. You're walking through the Yeah, Q says Absolutely not. A bunch of like wealthy merchants are like What you were talking about? That was horrible. Unconstitutional monarch We had no rights. We had to do whatever these powerful witches wanted to do. What are you talking about? Yeah, previously you just had to do whatever like seven rich bricks wanted to do. It actually is seven. You're right. Good job. <laughs> it's like <laughs> um, I'm a very learned man. <laughs> you are indeed. Um, he says, "Yeah, Q went to college." That's true. Q has that. Um, one of the, they the know other all the languages. Even merchants the says even the dead ones. <laughs> one of the other merchants says, <clears throat> "Well, then, what would you suggest that we do?" Well, I think perhaps we could figure out the way of government that is more egalitarian, more representative, and that perhaps keeps power from being uh, aggregated to the wealthier to uh, small sex of the population. Um, it looks like he's going to speak up, and then one of the fate witch, like one of the a female noble, you presumably a fate witch, but obviously not one of the ones in the cult, <laughs> um, just like Isom, and says. <clears throat> I wouldn't start any more conflict if I were you. <laughs> and, um... Yeah, they can talk to Arthur about it if they want to fucking squabble over the form of government that that Q wants to implement. Hard, hard cut to Arthur executing rogue merchant princes who want to keep their power. <laughs> um, so, uh, one of the fate witches, uh, a non-cultist fate witch, because they were all dead, <laughs> says, um... 
how do we uh, implement the plan? Well, uh, I suppose we head to the chapel and we talk to the air and we go from there, just one step at a time. All right, we're going to flash cut to uh, Arthur and Sinead for our final scene before uh, the epilogue. Arthur, you've patched up uh, Sinead. Enrique is uh, helping Giuseppo up and uh, dusting him off. And uh, the two of them walk over to you, too. The rain is gone. Uh, you can feel the radiance of Arbol Prime <laughs> back, up in the, back up in the sky. Um, and it is all quiet. Um, Arthur is still just like, uh, sitting over Sinead and is just like, um, Hey girl, how are you doing? Are you, how, uh, this looks, I'm not going to lie to you. You look a little bit, uh, fucked up. Um, how are you doing? I'm feeling better after whatever the fuck you just did. Um, and then I get up. And I walk straight to Enrique, and I shove him, like mean. I'm I shove him. Um, he hasn't got any healing, so he just falls down. <laughs> and he goes, uh, "Hey, what was that for?" That was stupid. Actions reflect leadership, Captain. That is not what I ordered you to do. If you want to court-martial me, then fair enough. If I had to do it all over again, I'd do it the same way. Uh, I stick I, I stick my hand out to, to help him back up. He uh, he grabs your hand. And uh, I help him up and then I pull him in for a kiss. Enrique uh, kisses you back. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> the straightest and- couple here, gay. <laughs> so the only straight couple too. Fellas, is it gay to show affection and love to your partner? <laughs> Oh, is it gay to kiss them? your girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> he kisses you back. Um, and Arthur kind of like turns away and like looks at the door, <laughs> like kind of embarrassed, like trying to like trying like awkwardly to give Sinead some space. Uh, Giuseppe walks over to to you, Arthur, and he says, <clears throat> "Do you want to take a bet and see if Q is going to date the the new goddess?" Um, Arthur just looks at him askance, just like, you already know she is. I mean, it's not like we have to bet anything. I mean, like, who's going to be losing money in that scenario? We're going to be putting money on the same side. (laughs) Uh, Um, and then he kind of, like, looks at him deeply for a second. Um, Arthur did just get through killing a lot of people, and he's not usually, I mean, he's not really himself at all anymore at any point, but now especially he's just kind of... I don't know. It's kind of this moment where, like, so much violence has been done that just now that he doesn't have to kill anything, it's just this moment of reflection. Um, And he realizes while talking to Giuseppo, just, you may not be the monarch of this land after this, but regardless of what form of government gets put in place after these fate witches, um, you know, empire has fallen, you're going to be looked upon as the the leader for your people they arthur kind of gestures around at the crumbling palace and says they have nothing now no that what is 
what is Vodachi even now, after all of this? Nobody has the answer to a question like that, but they will look to you for answers. And now it's time for you to be done with us. You need to be something more than just a tag-along on a pirate crew filled with damned soldiers and wizards and... It's all over now, Giuseppo. We've, we've won. And it's time for you to greet your people as a leader once more. This I can do. Thank you, Arthur. For everything. I just... Keep Avalon in your heart when you start trading again, I guess. <laughs> um, Captain Sinead, uh, Enrique, you know, pulls away. You, as the, <laughs> as the captain of the ship, uh, anything uh, you want to say before uh, uh, the campaign ends? Well, I guess it's time we move on then. With the rebel fate witches extinguished, and Regina being thwarted from becoming a sea goddess, one would think life would have returned to normal in Bodachi, or at least in Laurentia. But the seven merchant princes, after being shown how fragile and manipulatable their power is, decided a new form of government was in order. Word of new prosperity in the fledgling socialist republic of Montaigne had reached Vodachian ports, and the Vodachi grew envious. How could they think they're better than us? The princes agreed to a democracy modeled after the Montaigne government. Since our heroes succeeded in retrieving the three sacred items of Laurentia, Giuseppe Vivaldi was a shoe-in by popular vote. His term brought stability to the country, but made little progress in increasing democratic controls over trade. Some things never change. When Giuseppe's turn ended, he ran for re-election. However, with his albeit toned-down bungling nature, the prince lost handedly to Francesca Bernoulli, a fate witch daughter of one of the seven princes. But don't feel too bad for the young man. The diplomatic skills our heroes taught him landed him a position as the head diplomat of his country. The adventures of our heroes gave Giuseppo the perspective he needed to get over Loriana. He was known to have numerous affairs throughout Laurentia, including one rumored to still be going on today, with a certain Luigi Felici. As for Giuseppo's son, he mysteriously escaped our hero's custody and was never seen again. Although, there have been many rumors of a one-handed pirate terrorizing the seas around Fodachi, with unparalleled skills in one-on-one -on -one combat. Again, some things never change. 
Giuseppe always kept the three sacred items, the coin, the sword, and the shards of the masthead, as a closely guarded secret. Halfway through Francesca's final term as elected doge, Giuseppe plans to approach her with items and entrust them to her competent hands. The young prince mumbled something about wanting to grow old without the burden of power in his life. As for the rest of Thea, many of the other countries grew envious of the prosperity in Montaigne and Bodacci, and began to restructure. Some made progress quicker than others, and of course, many of the remnants of the old world persisted into the new world. For example, while a certain sailor known by the mo uh, mononym Greg became the democratically elected president of the new Isen Republic, a certain Tsarina Nina the Ballerina was reinstated in her power under a constitutional monarchy. The Usarians cared little for the unequal share of power, as they had the most equitable share of wealth in all of Thea, and they were still content with having all the food they could eat to this day. The slowest country to change was Castile, plagued by the struggle to reinstate the High Prophet after being ousted by the Inquisition. After our heroes ended the influence of the Fate Witches, the Inquisition slowly lost power to the original church. It took many years for the newly reinstated Vatican to be confident enough in its stability to address the issues of its secular government. But the laborious process was well worth it, and the glorious cathedrals of Castile once again overlook a happy nation of devotees. In Montaigne, not all the nobles who fled the revolution survived their year of exile. Le Empereur was eventually found by some zealot revolutionaries and killed, along with his wife. His children were spared, but had little power that once knew. On a happier note, I am pleased to inform you all Q's family and their child, her childhood best friend, Adelaide, all returned to their homes relatively unharmed. Of course, they came back to not a coin of their previous wealth nor a stone of their previous estates, but Adelaide found immense love and support among the people, and was eventually elected as the country's first citizen, being the third dignitary of the new republic to hold its highest office. Lastly, with the constant meddling with time, fate, and underworlds coming to an abrupt end, the plague released upon the world quad through close and expired within the year. As for our heroes, word began to spread of the young pirate who killed the most powerful witch in the world with the blade of her cutlass and the aim of her flintlock. Of the diplomat, who caused a continent-wide wave of change as their secondary priority while focusing on beautiful forbidden romances in the name of shunting the routine of mundane. And of the noble knight of Avalon, who trained a handful of poor Vodachi men into some of the best soldiers the country had ever seen. Sinead had dreamt of seeing all the land and seas of Thea, but never quite like this, with the threat of oblivion and the downfall of the world on her back. The Battle of Vodachi set off a spark in her. She took the fate of her future into her own hands through no direction or order of any deity or political figure to steer her. This time she was truly free, like she was always destined to be. Legend spread of the ship with three crows. Sinead remained the captain of the Lady Morrigan, the menacing vessel as the leader of the family. After the battle at the palace, the ship remained a home for those who survived and simultaneously picked up a few lost Vodachans who recognized the hat of the villain Silvio, the pirate who terrorized small coastal villages, seeing that it was now on the head of a still fearsome yet kinder face. They were welcomed with open arms, as were any casted out, citizens of Theon countries who needed an adventure on the high seas. Crewmates came and went, but the ship was never too crowded or left without enough hands to sail her. 
being guided by the strongest leadership on the seas, with the foundation of the crew who were with her from her inception, the Lady Morgan was the most respected ship by pirate and noble alike. Sinead often kept tabs on allies she made on the journey with the Merchant Prince, the Tsarina, Lady Mo, Una, and the like. It became Sinead's belief that friendship was the key to success here, and not power. Eventually, Sinead made her way back to the little island where she was born. Though she had no plans to visit, she quietly made the way back to the tiny village of Doan to check on the family she once had. Through the window, she saw them exactly as she left them. Mitty was older now, running around and talking in full sentences. The older siblings stayed much the same. It was near a holiday and the whole family was gathered around the fireplace, laughing with each other and sharing stories of their short travels. Somehow, Sinead couldn't help but smile. Maybe it was the fact that she knew she no longer needed this family who needed to be without her. She looked on, not as a lost sister, but as a neighbor. She left a letter at their doorstep. The most important thing to note is that through all of this, Sinead would never be alone. Proudly standing at her side was her partner, Enrique. After the battle and everyone going their separate ways, Enrique immediately took place as the Lady Morgan's first mate. The crew knew him as the one who went from shy, stuttering crew boy with a crush to the one who single-handedly saved the captain's life in the face of a powerful fate witch. Together, the two of them commanded the respect of anyone that had the honor of speaking to them. Through everything, Sinead still misses the journey she had with the Merchant Prince and her two partners, Arthur and Q. As she continues to sail the open seas, Enrique at her side, she always leaves their old quarters vacant and hopes that they may journey together again. At the close of the final battle, Hugh took the former Lady Harval back to the crew to face the consequences of her actions and crimes, though ensured she was spared her life. Q sent her off with enough money to travel far away from the sea under the condition of never practicing magic again. Stories of the legendary battle were shared far and wide, and she became synonymous with hubris and ill-fated luck. After ensuring a peaceful transfer of power in Vodachi, Q returned to Montaigne to help piece together the fragments of their broken country. After reconnecting with their family and securing their safety, Q transferred them back to Muguay and helped them adjust to working life. This was a struggle at first for the parents, but their sister, Claudette, ever the entrepreneur, quickly established herself as a clever businesswoman and helped lay the foundation for the burgeoning economy. Though not much of a sorcerer herself, she fiscally supported the creation of a new organization with the mission of spreading the art of port from the ousted nobles to any prospective sorcerer, regardless of class. This was part of a larger trend in Montaigne over the next decade to reinvigorate the study and participation of folk culture outside of the trends of consumptionism they had grown accustomed to. When they are not at Adelaide's side offering counsel and the comfort of a friend, they are likely traveling across Thea as a diplomatic envoy, both ensuring the interests of Montaigne as well as the continued stability of the continent. In the departure from their previous work for L'Empereur, this included touching base with non-governmental contacts, like their occasional paramour Nix, in the interest of creating broader economic and social stability outside of formal states. The relationship with Nina endures sporadically until she eventually settles down with a Usurian commoner, 
though the two keep in touch and remain friends to this day. Kyo ensures that Una is taken care of and can retire in the countryside outside of Mugei whenever she wishes, as an expression of gratitude for all she has done to teach and save them. This happens, of course, in the three quarters of the year they spend topside. They have, over time, become somewhat of a conduit for the communication with death, and people have been known to seek Kyo out in search of dark and strange magic deals with what lies beyond. As always, of course, they are satisfied with being the messenger. If you catch them at the right time, they might help you out. The relationship with death remains casual, and despite the unsettling nature of the underworld, they do grow used to the atmosphere. Q, likewise, maintains the major mark on the island and helps the true Lady Arbel keep an eye on the balance of fate on land. Upon reflection from past adventures, they've decided to take it slow with her, just being there as a friend and seeing what happens organically specifically working on communication and listening to the partners to ensure everyone feels heard and respected. Of course, they take the opportunity to share stories with whoever will listen, though it isn't until Q takes their first trip to Lord Death that even Adelaide actually begins to believe them. With Avalon just across the channel, and a port mark in the Lady Morgan, Q visits their friends with relative frequency, keeping a place for Sinead and Arthur, and even Giuseppo should they wish to visit inland. And it is never any trouble to redirect a travel route out of the way to stop by their friends when heading out of Montaigne. They're happy to remain a wanderer now that they have more places to call home along the way. Arthur stayed by the side of Doge Giuseppo, who he lovingly and affectionately berated as much as ever. However, a genuine friendship was at the heart of it all. Arthur holds his bonds with his friends in the highest honor, and would rather die than abandon any of them. And yet, Arthur himself was crumbling as a man. He needed to take some time to put his life back together. Naturally, he returned to the forests of Luton, where the ruins of his old home had been reclaimed by the forest. He found quite by surprise that the fey spirit of the stag had gifted him a piece of land in the forests. It was a vast acreage of cleared woods completely hidden in a dense ring of trees and vines. The fey protected this place with their own magic, placed the clearing in a liminal space inaccessible by ordinary folk. He named this private forest paradise Lancelot, after his fallen father. Here, he would meditate, hunt, and heal his mind. He still suffers from paranoia and hallucinations from peering into the in-between. He completely abandoned his former duties as a knight, and yet he retained the gifts and magic that he inherited from the Grail. This gave him courage and comfort. Over time, Arthur began formulating a plan. He decided that he could no longer live as a servant of a queen who cared so little for the people of Avalon. We see Arthur now, five years later, standing on a wooden platform overlooking a bustling and growing city community in Lancelot. He has developed his own independent nation of Avalonians who wish to contest the authority of Queen Elaine. Many of them were impoverished souls who were unable to support themselves because of the crown's greedy policies. Arthur and his new community erected homes and walls around Lancelot, all the while trying to establish new, sustainable ways to cultivate food and distribute resources. Arthur prioritized providing for the people who chose to follow him above all else. He easily slipped into the role of Robin Hood, the noble burglar that his father had inherited. 
Robin Hood used the skills he cultivated on the Lady Morgan to slide through the halls of wealthy nobles and rob them blind. The riches he hauled were given to anyone he found in need, and the rest he used to buy provisions for the folk of Lancelot. As the legend of Robin Hood, aka Arthur, grew, so too did the tale of a separatist force gathering in the forests of Luton. Arthur began training his own army of elite archers, to whom he taught everything he knew about using a bow. Despite not being able to use one himself, Arthur became the greatest archery master in the world. Arthur does not have the mind for politics like Hugh, so as it stands, he is the governor of Lancelot. His community reveres him for his selfless efforts to provide them with a better life. He believes that he can spread the power of Lancelot farther across the land of Avalon, and perhaps reintegrate the ideals of the Fae back into the nation. Now, Arthur writes a letter. What can really be said about my life that could not be said about the depths of the ocean itself? I spent so much of my time as a youth in the forests of Avalon that the sea always seemed foreign to me. When I first stepped aboard a ship, I was afraid of the unknowable deep. What kind of creature must one be to thrive in an environment of constant change and bloodthirsty chaos? I know now that I share more with the fish and the monsters of the ocean than I realized. The Kraken does not eat ships whole because it hates mankind, it is simply what it does to survive. Most of its life, I imagine, is somewhat peaceful. I feel this now by my own life, and yet, like the Kraken, the chaos calls to me. Sir Arthur Windflagon, as I and all others knew him, is gone. I have known this since the moment I once again drew breath above the waves after my premature death. I simply did not realize it at the time. The ocean, as ironic as it seems now, was both my grave and my cradle. Life since has been like a hurricane in the ocean. Strife, challenge, death, recovery, renewal. I was content for a time with trying not to think too hard about my death, but after seeing the true horrors of the between, everything changed. I do not know if my condition is simply another flavor of insanity or true insight into the world around me. Once I and my companions defeated the wicked covenant of Odachi, I finally had some time to think about it all. My memories from before my death were once again whole, my mission to you, Queen Elaine, had been fulfilled to the utmost, and I was, for the first time, free of any real obligations or burdens. With this new freedom, I took it upon myself to reinvent who I am as a person. I have chosen a new name for myself, the name of my father and the name of a great man before him, Robin Goodfellow. Perhaps you would recognize my moniker better. The good people call me Robin Hood now. I do not wish to mince words with you, Queen. I have died in your service to the Crown. My oath to you as monarch has been voided. I want you to know that I paused after writing this just now, and I do not believe the Grail considers this an insult or a violation of my oath to the Fae. This should trouble you, for it can only indicate that the Grail does not grant me power to serve you, but rather to serve all of the people of Avalon. I am still a man of honor and pride. I have decided to return to Avalon. My time abroad has opened my eyes to a great many things. Perhaps most importantly, it made me realize truly how derelict you have been in serving the people of our country. My friend Q has introduced a system of government to the people of Montaigne that has produced unparalleled progress and prosperity. These changes over the course of just five years have completely reinvigorated Montaigne. I'm not a great politician, but I think that we could do better. Too long have the people of Avalon suffered in poverty and neglect. Too long has the Crown harvested coin, food, and blood from the common people. Too long have the principles of service and honor been neglected by the very people who swore their lives to those ends. 
Too long has the crown used a cudgel to silence the cries of the abandoned and broken. A nation of such means and prestige should take greater care of its citizens. Families die from hunger not from a lack of means, but because the crown takes nine-tenths of all grown produce to feed the ever-growing armies sent to conquer and colonize. If only the crown fought so hard against the problems at home as they did against those in foreign lands. I need not list your sins and failing so categorically. That is not the purpose of this letter. Rather, I want to inform you, as your former vassal and one-time ally, that you have a year to fix this nation. After a year and a day has come to pass, if no improvement has been made, then I will march on Castle Carleon. I know this may sound like an idle threat. Take it as one if you don't believe me. I am coming for you. Do what you know is right. Give back to the people of Avalon. I hold you to fulfill this oath. Robin Goodfellow. Arthur sends this letter to the Queen of Avalon and goes about preparing the people of Lancelot for their future. He hopes in his heart that the future is not war, but if it is, he will be the first to lead the charge. Arthur keeps in contact with Q and Sinead. He has taken them both to Lancelot several times over the years to share with them his vision for the future. He often sends letters to Q asking their advice on how to best lead his people. Lancelot adopts a crow holding an arrow as its sigil. The land itself attracts beings of the Fae occasionally and becomes a meeting point between the two worlds. It's a sacred grove, and Arthur finds his peace there. The Lady and Her Crows, a poem by an unknown sailor. A bloody patchwork specter cruises the seas at night, a hallowed ship held together with iron and spite, ferries the faded from a cure-rotted land. Its sails now managed by a menagerie of the damned. None who see her hope for home again, for they either die or dance with the Lady Morrigan. She's led by a trio they call the Thrice Dead, three legendary souls tainted by bloodshed. The sigil they flew, the slain only know, traded the Jolly Roger for the big black crow. The first holds a steady and brings her ashore. All must salute Sinead, the red captain of Innismore. A lithe young whisper, deadly with a sword, raised never not a ship aboard. She grips the wheel with a rotted black hand. Her skill, not her stature, keeps the knaves under her command. The second, a warlock, an agent of change, fled from vast riches to avoid the mob's rage. A tongue made of silver, and no stranger to pain. All hush and blush around Q, the blood mage of Montaigne. Hypnotic, immutable, and cold like the ocean floor, a rare beauty even death could not ignore. The third be a knight who excels with the bow. He served a great queen not long ago. A poor peasant boy, blessed by the she, a faithful steward now stranded at sea. Though lost, his duty remains bright as the fiery dawn. Challenge not the scruples of Sir Arthur of Avalon.
And there you have it, folks. I have in brackets, still need to write this, but here I plan to insert, thank you for letting me GM for your all speech, hopefully without crying. We can edit that part out anyway. If I, or if I say something too kitschy. I never actually wrote it, because I think everything that needed to be said was said in that wonderful epilogue that we collectively wrote. Um, but thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the story. Thank you for putting up with the imperfections of my dialects and accents. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to uh, Derwin as much as I like playing him. <laughs> I hope that you enjoyed Giuseppe's arc. Um, but most of all, I hope you enjoyed the way the four of us came together to tell you guys a story. So, um, thank you to you all. And of course, one last thank you to Han, Rob, and Amelia for indulging me in the world's silliest seafaring adventure. How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.